Amen. Welcome to the beach. Yeah. Much love our hospitality team out front and all their beach gear and stuff. Kind of makes it feel like summer, like you're on vacation. Good stuff. Yeah. Love that. You know, uh, the beach, as we mentioned last week, is really one of the favorite places, favorite destination places for people in America. When polled, 75% of people said if they could go on a vacation, it would be to the beach. And uh, we had the privilege of doing that just this year, of going down to the beach for a couple of days, and it really was quite the experience. You know, I was thinking when I was walking along the, the shore there that one morning, Heather and I went for a long walk on the side of the shore. And you just look out, and you just saw water for forever, really. You didn't see any islands, land, ships, anything, just water. And I thought, man, this is really, what's happening here at the beach is two realms are really touching one another. You kind of have the, the realm of the land where we all walk and live and breathe and do our stuff. But right there at the shoreline, the water's crashing in, and you slowly enter in to another realm. The realm of the sea is very different than the realm of the land, right? You can't, you can't live out there like you live up here. you got to live differently if you're going to be out here. In fact, you'd have to be made differently to be out there, right? You, you'd, ha you'd like have to be born as a fish. You'd have to be born again as something else. Are you with me? You would, to get into that realm. And, you know, we, we ventured out there in it, and it was great. You know, the, the waves are crashing up against us, and the further out you go, it gets a little deeper. That's just what happens when you venture into the other realm. Amen? You move out a little bit deeper, and you start noticing things that aren't in your normal realm. Like, stuff is swimming by and bumping into you. You're like, whoa, what is that? And it's just it's some fish. A whole school goes by. Wow, that's crazy. And then the water's clear, so I'm looking down, and there's this thing on the ground. I don't know what it is. I'm getting nervous about it. It looks like a cucumber, and it's kind of floating and wiggling around down there, and I'm moving away from it. Now, Brooke got venturous. She went over and picked it up. Right, Brooke? And it, she just touched it, she said. And it was, it, was a, it was alive. It was a thing, like a sea cucumber, right? It's weird. It's like you don't see that on land. You don't go into the grocery store into Walmart and cucumbers are out wiggling around on the floor. It's a different kind of life form. It's different out there. And the further out you go, the more different it gets. It gets way different out there. There are treasures. There are things that you have never experienced the further you go out into that realm. But I'll tell you what. If you don't ever enter into it, you'll never get to experience it. There's a lot of people today, including believers, who have yet to experience the deeper things of God because they haven't taken more than just a baby step out into this brand new realm called the kingdom, the spirit, with unsearchable riches, the Bible says, where eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things that await us out there in that realm. So we're talking in this series about how to have a faith, a faith that is so confident and at rest in Jesus Christ that it is like your soul has entered a vacation, right? Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you vacation, rest. 
I'll give you rest for the soul, and it will unlock in you some things you had never experienced before. But if you don't ever come to the rest place, the place of beach faith, then you'll never experience the glories that wait for us in Jesus Christ. So here's kind of our big truth we're going to look at today. I'll tell you up front, and then we'll unpack it as we go forward. Here it is. Unbelievable wonders in Christ wait on the other side of confidence and rest in your salvation. Amen? Now, you might say, oh, well, I did that. When I was 12, I I made a profession of faith. That's awesome. That's great. But have you come to a place where you are able to completely rest in that, have confidence in that? There's a lot of people, watch this, there's a lot of people who take that baby step, but then they continue to struggle. They continue to wrestle with debilitating sins. They continue to wrestle with guilt and fear and insecurities, uncertainties, because they haven't come to a place of rest in Jesus Christ. And the Bible makes it clear, as we're going to see in this passage today, that the call of God is for us to come to that place because there is so much more that awaits us out there. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at our passage today. Does that wear y'all out, me coming up and down these stairs all the time and walking around? It's okay to be honest. I just like to get out there with you. I don't want to just stand up here the whole time and do this. I got stuff to say. All right, so uh, we're using Scripture to help us understand Scripture. That's what you do when you want to study Scripture. That's an important point right there. So we're going back to the Old Testament to help us understand some things about life today. The Old Testament's going to help us understand the New Testament's going to help us understand life today for all you Bible students out there. So back in the Old Testament, God had delivered his people who were in bondage and in sin and in slavery in Egypt. God sent a redeemer, the man of Moses, who came and God used him to set them free. And they walked out in mass from Egypt. And God said to them, I'm going to bring you to a land. I'm going to give you a land And this land is going to be like any land you've ever been to before. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land with fruit like you can't imagine. It's a land filled with houses that you didn't build, a land filled with crops that you didn't plant, and they are all going to bring forth fruit, and it's all going to be for you. There you will have rest from your enemies. When you enter this land, it will be my promise to you that I will take care of you. And God said, here's the thing. To get to the land, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to listen to me. Because along the way, there will be those who will try to stop you. Along the way and even in the land, there are enemies and giants dwelling now. But I, God says, will defeat them but you're going to have to listen to me. Take the steps that I say to take, even when they seem ridiculous, even when you don't understand them, take the step based on what I have said to you. Don't look around and try to logically understand it. Take the step that I have commanded you. Don't try to reason it out in your own mind of how you think you should defeat the enemy. Listen to what I say to you. 
And if I tell you to march around the walls of a city for a certain amount of time and on that last day shout, listen to me, it's how you will get those walls down. I know you won't think that's how walls come down, but you're going to have to listen to me. And God put it out there plainly for them. The sad story is that that generation, though they plainly heard what God said, they did not believe. Oh, they believed there was a God. They believed that he had spoken, but they couldn't believe that he really could deliver them from their enemies. They couldn't believe that there really was a land as wondrous as he said. And because of that, the Bible says that they went on a journey toward this land that should have taken mere days. Days if they would have listened to God. But instead, because they did not fully believe and trust him, it took them 40 years of wandering. And many never entered in because they did not fully believe. There's a generation of believers today who have heard God, who have even acted on some of his promises, but he has so much more for them. But the promises seem too big, too grand, the enemy's too great, and so they won't obey. They won't take the journey that should take a short amount of time. And instead, they are spending their lives wandering. They're going everywhere. They're looking in this place, trying to find fulfillment. They're looking in these places, trying to find peace. They're looking in places they have no business going to, trying to find some joy. They're getting involved in situations they have no business being involved in to try to find something that will satisfy them, and they are wandering. They're choosing this job. They're choosing this set of friends. They're going in this place. They're hanging out in this situation. They're moving into certain neighborhoods. They're hanging out with certain people, all looking for something, and they won't just listen to what God is saying to them. And this is where our passage brings us today. So I think we could all be... Um, of one accord this morning and say, God, I know you have things bigger for me that I'm living in right now. And I up front confess, I don't always listen and do what you say. Can everybody just agree on that this morning? Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Amen. See, you're not alone here this morning. And as a result, I'm not yet experiencing all that you really have for me. Life in the other realm, life in the land, and this is where our story brings us today. We are in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, is where we're going to camp out today, and we're going to be talking about how to rest in and live with confident beach faith a place where our soul is at rest. Because if your soul's not at rest, the wonders will never appear. Hold on to that. Verse 1, chapter 4, the writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people who 
have taken some of the same steps that I just talked about. They've come to initial faith in Christ. They've, they've taken a step or two toward Jesus, but they started hearing the voices of their Jewish past. And they said, you know, this just feels so uncomfortable, this whole grace thing. All my sins are forgiven and guilt is removed and uh, my righteousness is given to me as a gift. They said, you know, there was something about when we were Jews, it was, it was a little bit more comfortable. I felt like I had a list to follow. I felt like I could check off how righteous I was. I felt like I could look at other people and figure out how righteous they were. Yeah, that's what you do when you carry around a list, when you measure your own life by a list. They said, it just feels more comfortable. And many of them wanted to go back to their Jewish roots and turn their back on Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews is urging them, pleading with them. And so the application we can make is, is a pretty quick bridge for us today. We may have areas in our life where we have not fully committed to what God has said to us, and therefore we haven't come to this rest that he's calling us to. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. There's a promise of rest, the Bible says. There's a place in Jesus Christ. There are wonders beyond imagination. And the writer of Hebrews says, look, you should be very careful. You should be very concerned to make sure that you or any others do not come short of entering into the rest, of getting what God has promised to you. You, you come up and you get really close, but then you just, you just come short. Um, this past year, at Villa Christian School, Truett was playing football. And, uh, man, they were coming down to the end of the season. It was the last game of the season. All they had to do was win this game, and they'd go on to the playoffs. And it was one of those classic football movie scenes where the other team has fought hard, and they are about to win this game. And Ovilla is marching down the field. By the way, this is six-man football, which is quite a treat if you've never watched six-man football. High-scoring, active game. So Ovilla is moving down the field. I mean, they're getting so close, catch after catch, and we're getting down. We're just yards away from a touchdown. The clock is ticking down. It's classic. You all of a sudden just you know, can feel the cinema music swelling. Like, this is going to be it. This is going to be that moment. And they line up for this last play. They got time for one more play. Quarterback drops back. And what he needed to do was spike the ball to stop the clock and kick a field goal. That's all he needed to do. Snap, drop back, panic, oh no, toss the ball, incomplete, game over, lost. Oh, heartache. Everybody's just devastated. They came so close, but they came up short. There are people who take some steps in Jesus Christ, and they get, <clears throat> excuse me, so close 
to that place, so close to the wonders that await them, so close, but in that last moment, when full surrender is really right there, they come up against it, and they just panic a little bit. They start thinking in the old realm instead of the new realm. And they start thinking, well, what about this? What about that? And what if I do this? And what are people going to think? And how am I going to provide it for myself? And what's going to happen? And what about my, what about my family? All, all that stuff just starts swirling around instead of just running the play and bursting through and entering into all that God has for you. It comes with great surrender, but it comes with great reward. But some people live their entire life and they never enter into the place of confident rest in Jesus Christ. They just... They live with this uncertainty. They live with this fear, this nagging guilt. And so for them, church is this experience where they come and, and they think, okay, whew, I got to get to church. I've had a bad old week. I got to try to make up for some of the things I did this past week. Friends, we don't work on a works-based system with God. Don't come here this morning thinking you're going to pay him off by your good and faithful attendance at a church. It doesn't work that way. You could go to the best church every day for the rest of your life, and it will never pay off your sin debt, and it will never give you the righteousness that's only found in Jesus Christ. That comes by faith alone. You don't get there by working at it. But if you never enter into the rest of what Jesus has done, if you never enter into the completed work of Jesus Christ, you'll live stressed, fearful. You'll think it's all about how good you are. You'll think it's all about trying to measure off and pay for your bad with your good. And you'll have no rest. And all the rest of your week will be filled with doubts, uncertainty, fears, worry, Involvement in sin you have no business being involved in. You'll be jealous, envious, quick-tempered, and the list goes on. Verse 2 in Hebrews 4 says this, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The writer of Hebrews is referring to the people in the Old Testament who had heard the promise that there was a land of rest. But it says that what they had preached to them was what? What does it say? Hello. The gospel. It's right there. It's, it's the third and fourth words. This people in the Old Testament, it says, had the gospel preached to them. What does the word gospel mean? Good news. They had good news preached to them. There's a land for you folks. You can come out of Egypt. You can come out of your slavery. You can come out of your bondage. And there's a land for us. It's filled with treasures and delights. Let's enter into it. God has provided it. In fact, he, oh, watch this. He has already done all the work necessary for you to enter into it. Your job is to believe and enter in. That's true. That's what happened. That was the gospel to them. It was. The land is a picture of Jesus. It is. And he was inviting them to enter into all that was there. They had the gospel preached to them. But look what it says. Oh, my goodness. But the word which they heard... I'll come up on a rap song here. Did not profit them, 
They heard the word. They heard what God said. They heard it. But it said it didn't profit them. It didn't change them. It didn't do any good for them because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. These people heard God speak in a different way than you and I hear him speak. There were times that they audibly heard God speak and they still did not believe. Now, again, from what we get in the passage, they heard, they knew it was God, but it didn't mix with faith. It didn't make it from here to here. They heard it and even said, Amen. But it didn't enter in here. Forgiveness didn't enter into their hurts. Promise didn't enter into their longings. Hope didn't enter into all that they had longed for. And because they didn't mix it with faith, they thought they had to work for it. They thought they had to achieve it. They thought they had to fight their battles on their own. They thought they had to be good enough. And because they couldn't ever be good enough, they end up saying, you know what? Whew, this God is wearing me out. I'm going to have to go find some other gods. Whew. And they did. Instead of entering into rest, they saw relating to God as something that absolutely wore them out. If that thought is in your head today, You've got a wrong concept of who our God is. He invites us to a place of rest. And these people, it didn't mix with faith. Our second big point today is this. When we lack rest and confidence in Christ, we miss out on the deeper wonders in Christ. If you're still walking in a place today where you are really not sure he loves you, not sure he hears you, not sure he speaks to you, not sure if he is really for you, not sure that he won't absolutely just turn away from you, not sure if he really could bless you, I'll just tell you straight, you're not living in rest today. You're living in insecurity, uncertainty, doubt, fear, and you know, I don't have to tell you this, you know you're not living in a land that you would call milk and honey. Amen? He invites us to something so much more than not sure land. He invites us to promised land, secure land. You know, it's kind of like this. Let me move this for just a moment. And I'm going to grab a chair. Is there an empty chair? It's good there's not a lot of empty chairs. That's awesome. Here's one. I'm going to take this chair. I'll take this one. This is good. Sorry, Craig. Can't put your feet up now. <laughs> Let's just say... The Bible says that when Jesus had completed his work, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Amen? He finished his work. He sat down. You don't sit down until you finish your work. And then the Bible says that all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, watch this, that, that we are seated 
with him in heavenly places. Amen? And guess where that seat is? The same seat. I am not seated in some long line off to the side of Jesus Christ based on how good I've been. I am seated, the Bible says, with him. With him. Not in the same room, in the same seat. I am in him and he is in me. And so watch this. Whatever the son has in blessing, favor, delight, inheritance, treasures, security, I have that. Amen. I have that. And I have it because I am seated with him. And when you are at rest in this seat, that's when the treasures unfold. If you're not at rest in this spot, you won't see them. And so Jesus says to you, you've come into my kingdom. You've received me. Here, you are seated with me in heavenly places. But if you say, oh, uh, oh I, mm, I don't know about that. That's just kind of like weird. I don't know if I can, if I'm seated, in, I just don't feel like I'm really seated with you. I mean, I, I got to clean up my act first. I got to do some things. I got to really work with it. Give me, give me several years and let me try to make myself better and then I'll sit there. And you say, mm, I'm going to have to go sit way off over here. I'm going to have to come sit with Trey's parents. <laughs> Nothing against you, Lewis. But if you don't ever sit up here, you'll sit far from the promises and inheritance that's yours. If you keep sitting back here behind Jerry, you say, Jerry's much closer to God than I am. I'm going to sit behind him. And, and Jesus is saying, but this seat is yours up here. And this is where I show my glories. This is where you'll see all that's in me. You say, I just don't think I can sit there. I just... I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I haven't been to church enough. I don't give enough. I don't pray enough. I don't read my Bible enough. If you keep on not enoughing yourself, you will not ever experience the treasures that are yours in Jesus Christ. It comes when you come to a place of rest and you sit in him secure and confident. Jesus is the one who's redeemed me. Jesus is the one who has saved me. I'm not here by my own righteousness. I'm here by his righteousness. The first years I was a Christian, I struggled so much with this whole concept. I kept thinking that it was all about my righteousness, that I had to make sure I was righteous enough. And then I came across this life-changing passage in Titus 3, verses 5 and 6. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. It's not by me. It's by him. And the more I have come to find myself able to just rest in what he has done, apart from what I have done, then I get to enter into all that he has for me. Amen? Amen. I'm going to set this down. Thank you, sir. Let's move on in our passage here to verse 3. Because it says here in verse 3, it says, for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. 
Now, I know that probably looks confusing because you look at it and say, wait a minute. It says, we've entered that rest, but then it says, I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Here's what the writer's trying to say. There are some people, because they have not believed, who will not enter into this place of true rest. But that also means that there are some who have believed, and they do enter into rest. They experience great delights and wonders and joy in the other realm. And, and it says here at the last part of this, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For those who were given a promised land, God had already done the work. The vineyards planted, the houses built, the land secure, the provision made. All they had to do was enter it. God had already finished it before the world had ever been created. The Bible says, while you and I were sinners, Christ died for us. It happened before you and I were born. Did you know that? Jesus wasn't crucified last week. In case you're looking on Yahoo News for it still, it's not there. It was a long time ago. In fact, in the heart of God, the Bible says, it happened before the foundations of the world. He had already prepared and completed the work. It was done. Forgiveness, done. Blessing, done. Favor, done. Protection, done. All you and I have to do is believe by faith and enter into that. He doesn't say, work for it, and I want you to spend the next 50 years of your life trying to be good enough, and I might give you one blessing if you do. Not that God sounds like that, but. People today that are still trying to earn their salvation, still trying to work their salvation, still trying to be good enough, still trying to pay off their past debts, still playing the old tapes and trying to write new ones over it. There's no rest in that. The work is finished. Enter in. Believe. Settle the matter. Our next big point is this. Beach faith rests in the completed work of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he completely paid for sin. I'm going to say it one more time. When Jesus died on the cross, he completely paid for sin. Not just those up to that day, but for the sin of all time for man. And he waits for those who will enter into what's already been done. He doesn't say, now you enter in and start paying off. Now you enter in and start keeping up. Now you enter in, and boy, you better watch it. He says, enter in to the joy of the Lord. I don't have to fear today that because I... Some of you are going to misunderstand this. I pray you don't. I do not have to fear today that because I sin a certain sin that I will lose my salvation. 
There are people who live with that. There are whole denominational groups who teach that your salvation is based on your level of obedience. And those people enter into churches, are sitting in churches today, singing, shouting, praying, but inside they are filled with this terror. I've talked to them. I didn't grow up in that setting. I experienced my own struggles. But people who grew up in those groups, they tell me, I went to bed every night terrified of whether or not I was truly saved and wondering if God was going to take my life in the middle of the night and I'd spend eternity in hell. They never had rest because they thought it was all about their ability to work and not what Jesus had already worked and completed. My salvation today is not based on my good works. My salvation is based on what Jesus has done and my faith to receive it. And that is all. Grace by faith, saved, sealed, done. I don't have to fear that this week I'm going to lose my temper, commit a sin, say something I shouldn't, and that jeopardize my relationship with God. Now, it might affect how I live on this life, here on this earth. But there is forgiveness and peace with God settled for those who enter in. Amen? I don't have to fear that I'm even going to be taken out of his hand. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never, ever perish. And not any one, not any one, not any one shall pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. He's greater than all, Satan included. And no one is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. If you have come to the place where you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have become one with him. You're not just in the hand, you become the hand with him. And you cannot be taken away. Amen. And he calls us to rest in that. Stop struggling with that. Stop wrestling with that. Stop fearing what might happen. Enter into the rest of knowing you are secure in Jesus Christ. This work was completed long before the foundation of the world. Just as a promised land was provided, all life in Jesus Christ has been provided for us. Hebrews 4, moving on down into verse 7. And the writer begins to make it very personal all of a sudden. Makes to, starts to make the turn here, makes some application. Look what it says. After such a long time, in other words, since then till now, as it has been said today. Mm. So Old Testament just became New Testament, just became 2017 Vertical Church right here, right now. Today. Oh, it just got personal, close. 
today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If God is speaking to you right now, if he is confirming to you all that is his, if he is speaking to you and calling you out of your past, if he's calling you into this place of just security and promise and rest and the chair and seated with him, if he's calling you to all of that, don't harden your heart. Don't say, well, I just don't know if that can really be true or not. I just don't know about what people will think about me. I just don't know if I have to make that kind of commitment. I just don't know about... Stop. Today is the day the Spirit is speaking. Do not harden your hearts. Don't refuse to believe. Don't miss out. Don't be like that generation that completely missed the promises of God. Don't spend the next 40 years of your life trying to work it all out yourself. Come to what God has said to you. Come to a place of surrender and sit at rest in Jesus Christ. Verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. This is my prayer. When I think about us as a church and what God has done here in the last two and a half years, and, and I look out, I, I attempt to look out into the future. I attempt to hear God speak and see all that He has for us. I think, oh Lord, that's a big vision that's out there. There's so much you want us to do. You've called us for a purpose. But Lord, for us to, to take the next step as a church, we're going to have to be at a place of rest. I mean, we're going to have to all be confident this is God speaking. We've got to, as a group, say, mm, yes, I hear God speak. And then we move forward. You can't have one say, Yes, it's God speaking. And 99 say, I just don't know about that. I don't know if God speaks to us like that. You like all my voices I use for all different people? It's kind of weird. <laughs> God's called us to so much more. He's called us individually to so much more, and he's called us as a church to so much more. But you and I, we're going to, each one of us have to come to this place of confidence and security that we are seated with Jesus Christ, that he's speaking to us, he has a purpose for us before we can ever move on to what he has for us. Amen? Last verse today. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. If you want to enter some rest today, you're going to have to come to the end of your works you're going to have to come to the place where you stop trying to make it all happen in your own strength. You're going to have to stop trying to figure it all out by your own insight, logic, and wisdom. And you're going to have to just surrender to what God says. That's the only way you come to a place of rest. That's the only way you enter in is when you, just like God did, he was showing us a picture, he ceased, he did the full work and stopped. He rested and he calls us to enter into his rest. That's what it says. His rest. The one where it's completed. My salvation is secure. God, I'm not going to wrestle with it anymore because I believe that Jesus completed the work on the cross for me. 
You come to that place and you stop with all the fear, worry, insecurity, doubt, measuring up, legalistic list, and all that stuff. You say, God, it's yours. No more wrestling. I am fully surrendered to that. So today, I wrap up with this point. Beach faith chooses to settle the matter with confident belief and public confession. You got to come to the place where you just settle the matter. You say, I'm done. I'm through with the wrestling. I'm through with all the fear. I'm through with the insecurities, the uncertainty. I believe God. But the Bible says, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, one confesses unto salvation. Here it is. If God's speaking to you, then believe here. But let the rescue fully happen. You've got to say it to somebody. You've got to confess it to somebody. If you just try to keep it here and say nothing, the salvation's not complete, the Bible says. Change here means confession here. And today, some of you need to take that step. You need to take the step of saying, okay, I've wrestled with this long enough. Yes, I was seven when I made a profession of faith and was even baptized. But since then, I have been filled with such insecurity, uncertainty, doubt, confusion. As an adult, it's time. I'm not going to walk in this wandering lifestyle anymore. It's time to get serious and confirm this thing and be done and move on into what God has for me. i got to get to a place of rest. For some of you, you've not ever even prayed the prayer. You've, you've watched from a distance. Maybe you've attended here some and you thought, this is interesting. And the Spirit of God's been speaking to you. And you have felt this drawing. You've felt Him calling you're not sure what to do about it, but I'm going to tell you, this is what you do about it. You acknowledge that God is speaking to you. And you say, God, I hear you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I confess I'm a sinner. And I confess that you died for my sins. I'm going to follow, my, I'm going to follow you now for the rest of my life. Confession. Confessing to God, confessing to someone else. I am now believing in Jesus Christ. The Bible says when you do that, you are saved. You are set free. You are now born into this new realm. Welcome to the kingdom of God. So there are some who need to settle the matter in your faith today because you've wrestled. There's some who need to settle the matter because you've not ever come to Jesus Christ. And there are some today that need... They need something to put a stake in the ground. I said stake, not snake. You got you to settle this matter in something bigger than just saying it to somebody. And that's why the Bible says he's called us to be baptized. It's a public picture. 
If we're in front of a group of people like this, you are baptized into Jesus Christ. It's a public way of saying, no longer am I who I used to be. I am now buried with Christ, and I am raised to walk a newness of life. We're going to be baptizing here, probably before the summer's over, because we have some people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And if you'd say, I got to get in on this. I need to take that step. I need to obey God. I need to stop all the wrestling. Then this is your day. Today is that day. If you've wrestled and today is the day to settle the matter, if you've wrestled and today is the day you ask Jesus Christ into your life for the very first time, if you've wrestled and today is the day that you say, I need to be baptized. I need to have this public statement before others. I need it for others. I need it for me to say, my life has begun a brand new. I'm going to have our counselors here at the front of the room today. You know here at Vertical, we normally put them at the back of the room. You can go back and talk to them, pray with them. But today, this is a little different. Today, the Bible says, as we've seen, there's a step you have to take. If you want to enter into the realm, you've got to make some kind of public decision. And I believe the Spirit of God was saying to me, going to the back in the dark is not a public decision. Coming to the front and the light's a public decision. You're among friends here. If God's speaking to you today, today is the day. Whatever you wrestle with, settle it today. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask our counselors to come. Our band's going to come. I'm going to pray. As soon as I finish praying, I hope you will move and come to see one of these men and women right here. They are ready to pray with you, talk with you, and help you enter in to all that God has for you. Don't miss the moment. Do not harden your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word is alive, that it is powerful, that it speaks to us, that it has spoken to us today. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus that we may have life and may have it more abundant. And I thank you that we receive that not by our works, but by faith alone in you. This morning, Father, I know there are those in this room who need to take the step of faith. They've wrestled, they've wandered, they've struggled, but today they hear you speaking and they know they cannot wait any longer. I pray they would step out from their seat and make that commitment. May it happen today, Father. May we all walk into what you have for us today, and may it begin with a settled confidence in the completed work of Jesus Christ for us. Father, speak today. Father, move. Change hearts today that we might follow you as a church into all that you have for us. We pray in the powerful and majestic name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We're going to sing. This is your moment. You come. Come on right now. Come see someone. We have counselors here, 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 and here waiting. Confirm it. Don't wait. Today's the day. Today's your moment. If you need to be baptized, you come and let one of them know. You're shoring up your faith today. You're settling the matter. Come and let someone know. Confess it.
You're coming to ask Jesus Christ in your life for the very first time. Today's the day. Don't wait. Don't put it off any longer. Today is that day.